Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Years ago, I uh, was listening to the Christian radio. I don't, maybe I was serving some penance or something. I don't know what prompted me to do that. But I heard this radio preacher on there, and he was proclaiming quite vigorously that we should not, actually, this is the way he put it too, we should not be listening to Jesus' teachings in the Gospels. <laughs> and he, he actually highlighted the Sermon on the Mount as an example. He said because Jesus was still operating under the law and he was just speaking to those under the law and if we listened or read these things, you know, we were going to get all confused because we're under grace now and we are not obliged to obey Jesus' commandments. This was on Christian radio. I was very enthused to hear this. Um, I, I, I got all worked up. I was very happy actually because... Not because it's good, but because I had always thought that there were many Christians who emotionally believed this way, but no one would actually have the guts to say it so explicitly. And so this was perfect. Uh, This was perfect. And the tradition I grew up in, and maybe the tradition that many of you grew up in, you very rarely heard a sermon from the red words. You know? Very rarely. One out of a hundred, maybe. Uh, nobody would actually say it, but Jesus was just too religious for us. We much preferred Paul, St. Paul, who preached grace. Last week, now that was not an anomaly, this preacher on the radio, because two weeks ago, Carrie and I were uh, back in the old home place, my grandmother's, and we stopped in, and uh, we really kind of almost, you know, serendipitously ran into my cousin, who I haven't seen in 40 years. And uh, within one minute of meeting him and exchanging greetings, he began to preach at me. Uh, again, very vigorously. And the first thing he started to preach to me about was trying to help me to understand that we shouldn't be listening to Jesus' uh, teachings in the Gospels uh, because his religious message was just for the Jews And now we're under grace, and this doesn't apply to us. So maybe you heard that same radio preacher a few years ago. I don't know. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, obviously, this morning. You probably wouldn't be in an Orthodox church if you believed that. But despite our rational cognitive beliefs that we hold, we still, all of us, struggle sometimes to make a healthy connection between our religion and our spiritual health. And we often need to be reminded that one can't continue to behave or think in unrepentant sinful ways 
and at the same time expect to have peace with God. I know this is true because I go to confession and because I hear your confession. And you know it's true too. Sometimes we forget this. We don't have peace in our hearts with God and we wonder why. It's pretty simple most of the time. In our gospel lesson this morning from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells the crowd that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, the Pharisees are well known for being sticklers about rules. By some account, they had about 613 rules they had to keep. That's a lot of rules. And guess what? These Pharisees kept them diligently. St. Paul said he was blameless keeping of the rules. And yet, at the same time, we are all aware how harshly Jesus condemns them for failing in righteousness. Now, to be righteous is simply to be like God. And apparently, just keeping 613 rules, even keeping them perfectly, is not enough to make you like God. Maybe we need a few more rules. Maybe another couple hundred will do the trick. Probably not. Well, before we move on, I do want to make something very clear. Jesus did require the keeping of the law for the sake of righteousness. Now, some of the rules for us, which were merely symbolic, have been abrogated. But not all the rules. Not all the rules have been done away with. We read in the scriptures, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So says our favorite apostle of grace to the Corinthians. But just keeping the rules is not going to make you righteous. We know that from Christ and the Pharisees. But you can't be righteous without keeping the rules. Well, one of the rules is to repent of not keeping the rules. So that's a rule that, that's a caveat there. What else do we need, though? It's the question for this morning. What else do we need to become righteous? Well, we need to have the right interior disposition to go along with the outward form. You know, as Orthodox Christians, we have not rejected religion. I mean, you've heard me preach many times, what we need is more religion, not less. We've not rejected religion, we've just rejected bad religion. True religion is to offer the oblation of the sacrifice, to fast, to pray, to give tithes and offerings to care for the needy and the oppressed, to abstain from sexual impurity, to conform to the family rules in mutual submission, and to do all of this with a right interior disposition, with true faith, humility, and love. If you do all that stuff without the right interior disposition, you have a false religion, a bad religion. But if you try and just have a right interior disposition without obedience, 
You have no religion at all. You just have the subjective God of self. So it's not an either or. Now when we read the sermon, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, I'm sure most all of us have noticed that the requirements that he lays out for the new law, it is called a law actually, the new law of love, the requirements are far more stringent than what they appear, the requirements of the old law. You know, we, we're not allowed to murder in the old law, now we're not allowed to hate in our heart, which is the same as murder. But that's not entirely accurate. Because the people of the old law were also expected to have a right interior disposition. The old law also required love and mercy. The problem is, man was hindered from fulfilling it because he had a heart of stone. The real significance of the interior change in man, the real profound power, the transformation of man, does not become clear until the new Moses comes and gives a new law. A new commandment I give unto you, he says. Love one another. Now even though Jesus called it new, it's not new. It's not new. It's new only in the sense that it is now possible. It's new in that sense. It is possible. And it is our natural bent. Having been born from above. By the Holy Spirit. In Christ. As Orthodox Christians seeking to practice a true religion. We must also recognize a very real and inherent danger of becoming pharisaical, of keeping the rules without paying attention to our inner disposition. We actually believe that we are to become holy, not just on paper, not just forensically, but really holy. That is a very dangerous belief. But we have to believe it. It's true. It's the essence of our faith. How do we ensure that we are practicing good and true religion? Well, to begin with, we do what the church teaches us to do and tells us to do. We are obedient in all things. And at the same time, we pay very, very close attention to our hearts. I mean, one beautiful form which has been given to us as a great gift to to, to watch our hearts is to prepare well and go to confession regularly. In our gospel reading, Jesus, Jesus gives us another way to make sure we're practicing true religion. He says, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go and be reconciled to your brother first and then come and offer your gift to God. Just notice a few things about this. First, Christ is concerned about the interior disposition of the worshiper. And if that interior disposition is, is off, then your sacrificial obligation is not going to be acceptable. Secondly, the danger is in the realm of relationship. The problem is that needs to be solved is not just with you, but in your relationships in the church with your brother. Thirdly, the fix that he offers no way expunges your religious duty to offer sacrifice. In fact, 
He adds to that duty. He gives you something else you have to do on top of your sacrificial obligation. You have to go and reconcile with your brother in order to make sure that your sacrificial obligation is acceptable to God. Our epistle lesson this morning beautifully um, echoes these same admonitions. St. Peter says, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted. He who would love life and see good days. He who would love life and see good days. Who doesn't want to see good I want to see good days. Why do we do things that make us miserable? It's just stupid to quote Bishop Thomas. It's his favorite word. He must have said stupid at the Parish Life Conference like 750 times. He just kept saying it. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is he who will arm you if you become followers of what is good? But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.